You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good to have you with us today. We've been going through the book of Acts since uh, Pentecost, and we're up to chapter 10. We're going way too fast, but you know how it is. Christmas is coming. And... uh, We're back into that section in the book of Acts where Peter is now the main character. And we've seen as as Peter has gone about and he's in Joppa and he went to the Lydda and and he's done some incredible things. The healing of Aeneas uh, who was paralyzed. And uh, so you got one of those tangible, miraculous events that take place that we oftentimes have associated with what Jesus did. And now we see that the apostles are doing it and uh, it continues to go to us today for us to continue the, mir- the miraculous work uh, of Jesus. And then he goes and he uh, takes it to the next step. Now, I, I think somebody that's been bedridden for eight years, you know, and, 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 you, and you're able to come and, and pray for them and they get out of bed and they're, they got full mobility, full use of their legs, I think that's rather amazing. But then he kind of tops it with Tabitha. Tabitha has died. She's in Lydda. They remember that Peter's in Joppa. They go get him. He's, she's already ready for the funeral, and she's upstairs. Her body's been washed. Everything's there. And so Peter goes up, and he does something very similar to what Jesus did with the raising of Jairus' daughter. He sends everybody out, and, and then he kneels and he prays, and, and he commands her to, to come back to life and she comes back to life. Now, a resurrection and healing of paralysis. That, that, that would be a good day, wouldn't it? Good week? Did you call that a couple good days? Pretty amazing. And so <laughs> we, we enter into chapter 10, and in chapter 10 we find this a uh, man named Cornelius, he's a, he's a Gentile. And so far, the gospel has just gone to the Jews. It's just gone to the chosen people. And, and now Peter, of all people, is, is starting to get a revelation. But it starts with Cornelius first. Just got too much to say. Pause. Cornelius has this encounter with, with this angel. And in that, we find out something that gets repeated over and over and over in this chapter and the next. <clears throat> that Cornelius is a, is a God-fearing man, that he has a heart and compassion for the poor. He's a very generous giver, and uh, he's, pursuing, he's pursuing God. He's a God-fearer. And so all of this has has caught heaven's attention. And so an angel comes to him and lets him know that uh, God's about to do something amazing for him. So he gives him specific instructions. You know, send some guys over to Joppa, because remember that's where Peter's at. He's at Simon the Tanner's seaside resort. And so he's going over there to to fetch him. And so he sends the men off. While that is happening, 
Peter is getting prepared to receive something. And this is kind of what we're going to look at today. Today's topic is really, uh, how does God get us to embrace more of him than what we thought was the boundaries of his love? So Peter goes up on top of the roof and he prays, goes into a trance. And while he's there, he has this experience where the sheet comes down three times with all these unclean animals that every Jew, none of them would partake, none of them would kill and eat. And yet the Lord speaks to him, kill and eat. Now I'm wondering, if we took this and we take that application, I wonder what kind of things the Lord would be saying to us. Some things that are, that are probably true. We've always believed they're true. We've read them. We've been taught. We've been discipled. We've, we've you know, even had it as doctrine. And we believe it's absolutely true. And then all of a sudden, the Lord speaks. What does it take for us to take something that we religiously believe is absolutely true for us to change our mind. What does God got to do when we think we know what his will is, we know what his heart is, we know what is right as a Christian, this is what, this is what we believe and this is what we should stand for and we will die for this and all, and all of a sudden, boom. God speaks. Huh. So in chapter 10, the thing I love about chapter 10 is all the supernatural phenomena that takes place because it seems like it takes a lot to get us to even move into considering when God speaks that he actually means what he says. On Wednesday nights, we're doing Translating God, put a plug in, Love to have you come show up, man. It is so much fun. Sean Bowles' book, Translating God. And, and, you know, one of the things that Sean talks about is oftentimes that the Lord will speak in parables, just as Jesus did when he walked the earth. Oftentimes our, our uh, communication with God uh, personally is that he gives us parables. And, and this vision that, that Peter has, you know, he, he has all these foods that he's not supposed to eat Yet this isn't really about food. Yet we find later that all food, all foods declared clean, whatever, later. But right now, it's, it's parabolic about being able to go as a Jew and share the good news with a Gentile. Hallelujah. Hmm. So he's got to knock Peter out. He's got to knock him out in a trance. Peter is down for the count. In the trance, he has this vision, he has this revelation, not just once, not twice, but three times, three times, something about the number three and God. He likes the number three. Uh, it seems to complete things. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, on the third day, raised from the dead. All, all the different kind of things with threes. Kind of interesting. And so we have Peter finally having that experience and he's and he's thinking about it he's wondering what it means he's pondering he's thinking and here comes the guys that that uh, Cornelius has sent 
from Cornelius' house to go get Peter at Simon the Tanner by the seaside. So they come in, and as they come in, the Lord has to speak to Peter again and says, you're, you're supposed to go with these guys. Okay? He has, he has the vision. He's in a trance. Now the Lord continues to speak, and that gets us where we'll pick up today. <clears throat> Let's go with verse 19. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Okay, that might be a good clue that you should go with these guys. Mm -hmm. When the Spirit's talking to you, you need to pay attention. So Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? He doesn't have a clue what's going on yet. He, he, he's so steeped in his Jewish understanding that he thinks that we are the chosen ones and it's only us that God will, will have fellowship and commune and relationship with. So he's, he still doesn't have a clue. The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Talking, <clears throat> talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God... But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. Revelation. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered. Here we go again. Here's the story again. Always pay attention in the scriptures when things get repeated and repeated and repeated. There's something significant about the law of repetition, okay? Four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three o'clock, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. That's a nice slow ball. Set it up on a tee. Would you like to tell us about Jesus? Okay. Then Peter began to speak. 
He's getting all this revelation, understanding. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in that country, of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, okay, he's, he's just talking basic gospel 101. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Come on, Holy Spirit. We just read it. Did you hear it? You know, you can hear with your natural ear and still not hear with your spirit. If you heard that, ah, and, and I know you've, you're tired of this Hebrew lesson, but Shema in Hebrew is to hear. The great Shema is hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. It's the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To hear in Hebrew is the same root for the word obey. If you hear, you have heard it, you've taken it in, and you're ready to obey the word that you've just heard. So here's Peter. He's, he's, he's sharing this word in Cornelius' house the whole household, his friends, his relatives, they're all there, and they hear it. They hear it. It's more than just hearing my voice, but when you hear my voice, if you hear God's voice within my voice, if you hear the voice within the voice, then you're hearing something much like these folks heard. And the Holy Spirit's about to fall. Yes. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter was, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. That's a lot. 
In homiletics class, we were never taught to preach over that many verses or ever to read that many verses in a church service. So, you know, I'm in violation of Asbury Theological Seminary homiletics class. But sometimes you just got to hear the whole story. Because in hearing the word, we have an opportunity to hear the word. And I, I hope you're catching on. The, the repetition is, is just amazing. When God just keeps repeating, it's not that they're just trying to get the story right, although I think this is getting the story right. The, the supernatural way that God spoke to Peter and the supernatural way that God spoke to Cornelius is recorded and recorded and recorded. It's repeated. You know, Cornelius gets it, and he has to tell his servants what, what God has just done. So he tells them the whole story, and they go over to get Peter. <laughs> Peter, he's having this revelation with God. He's got to repeat it later as well. When, when they get to Peter, they tell Peter. So now it's repeated again. The, the original, the time with the servants, and now they got to explain it to Peter. And so they're given the Cornelius experience, the encounter with the angel. And so now Peter gets a clue, like, okay, if I put what you're saying and what I just saw three times, uh, I'm starting to connect the dots. And since the Spirit told me to go with you, I'm going to go with you. So he goes, still not having a clue what he's supposed to do. Why is he going? He doesn't know the why question. Why God? He's just obeying one step at a time as the Lord gives him the ability. So he engages, he goes, they get there. He gets to Cornelius, guess what? He's got to hear the story again. Cornelius tells him the story. Well, this is what I was doing. It was four days ago, three o'clock, same time. And, and so they're, they're there and he, they hear this. And well, if I back up, because I, 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 like I like the way Peter's getting his revelation. He gets, he gets a vision in a trance. The spirit speaks to him. The, the people that are sent to him share the revelation that they've received so he's starting to hear and he knows he's supposed to go with them and then when he gets to Cornelius's house Cornelius is so overcome that Peter has come to his house that he falls down before him one translation says he falls to worship Peter and 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 that's the kind of kneeling that's it's a worshipful kneel and he says no 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 I'm just a man like you oh Ding, 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 Peter. He's just a man similar to this Gentile, okay? He understands man, but we're the special group. We're the chosen ones. You're not chosen. We're still pretty special. He got that far. He goes on. He hears the revelation. As they, as they go through the revelation, all of a sudden things are starting to click. And Cornelius said all of that to say, I've gathered everybody and we want to hear what God has commanded you to tell us. What is it that you're supposed to tell us? I don't know if you've ever gone someplace and weren't planning on speaking, wasn't planning on really being the, the main presenter of an audience. But I don't think Peter's bashful. He's not bashful. 
But I think he's taken back a little, and he's, he's trying to think. So he, he, just starts, he just starts talking about what has happened and, and seeing what they know. And he says, well, have you heard about, you know, what's gone on in Judea and Jerusalem? And, you know, you know about Jesus and, and, and at John's baptism. And, and he's, he's finding out where they are and all. And then, they, and then he really kind of zeroes in on Jesus. Anointed anointed one the Messiah and and that means a lot for a Jew doesn't mean anything to a Gentile doesn't mean a thing to a Gentile so he doesn't go in and he tries to explain what what the Messiah is but he says he went about doing good and healing all the sick pretty cool so they're with him and as they're as he's talking about Jesus and the forgiveness of sins that come in the name of Jesus. And as they talk about his death on the cross, his resurrection on the third day, there is something that is released from heaven to earth. It's the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they're all just overwhelmed, they start doing what happens when the Holy Spirit overwhelms people. They start praising God. They start praising the Lord. Now, here's one of the things that I I, want to apply this to for us. Um, When James says you don't have because you haven't asked, and then you've asked, but you've asked with the wrong motives, we find that as, as our heart continues to get attuned with the Lord and we start asking according to his will, according to his heart, and we still don't see stuff. It's kind of like we need, to, we need to take a step to do something with our belief system, not, not what we believe up here. Most of us have pretty good theology up here. It's the belief system that's down here what, where we live. And it's like, okay, we need to start doing something that gets these two lined up. Because if I ask, today how many believe that God heals I see a few hands okay yeah see? And, and then I, I say okay now let's all the people that need healing come forward and let's have God heal everybody that needs healing and you are going to be on the healing team you're going to be the one that prays for all the sick people today. And we want you to pray for them and bring them to full health in Jesus' name. Ooh, okay, maybe. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting of what we believe and what we believe. But one of the things that I, I think... This is hard to communicate. But I think if we'll start praising the Lord and start really getting before him to see people healed that need to be healed, we'll have something of an, an activating of our faith in the spirit that will prepare us for when it really happens. I love that we sang the song about uh, the miracle today and the shift in the atmosphere. 
and there was a shift in the atmosphere. It was just like so pronounced. It was just like, whoa, we need to have everybody that wants to be healed or has a need for a miracle. And so the, the question for you today is if God would do anything for you today, what is it that you would ask him for? What is the miracle that you want God to do for you? Hmm. Sometimes we, 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 we're not really in touch with the deepest longing of our heart. We, we, we might have an awareness of all the people around us that need prayer for some physical or emotional or relational things, but we're not aware of what is the deepest longing of our heart. What's the number one cry of our heart? Hmm. Let the Holy Spirit... Keep working on your heart there. Stay with there. We'll continue. It could be that God is dealing with you about something and has been for a week. A month? A year? A decade? Have you noticed that you keep coming across something that's very similar? Things keep, there's, there's, there's a repeat cycle that keeps coming. I don't know what it could be, uh, but it could be that every time you see someone with this condition, your heart's drawn to them. It could be that uh, every time you're in this environment, your thoughts go this direction. It could be a number. You, you could just see numbers, the same number everywhere you go. If you start seeing, I'm, I'm not a big numerologist, so although I love math, let's do calculus, let's have trig, let's have some fun. Um, I love numbers, but I'm not a big spiritual number person. But when the Lord starts bringing a certain number, and he's done it for a week, he's done it for a month, he's done it for a year, he's done it for years. Might be interesting to see what's he trying to say. God speaks symbolically because he wants us to pursue him. He doesn't tell us everything. He tells us enough to to, to strike our curiosity to say, I wonder what he's after. What meaneth this? And so we go to him and we continue to deepen that intimate relationship with him until we understand what is it that he's trying to say? What is it that he's after? What does he want you to know? What does he want you to see? What does he want you to believe? And at what lengths does he have to go to get our attention, to get us to move? Because sometimes we, we, we've, got, we've got things that are so deeply ingrained in us that we're not aware of how deep they are. And uh, he will go to 
extreme measures, if need be, to get our attention and to bring us into full revelation. Well, I'll close with Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Paul's writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He wants us as believers to be encouraged in our heart and to be united in our love. He wants us to have the full riches of complete understanding of Christ. (laughs) And we find that in Christ, all the treasures are hidden of wisdom. Wisdom of how to relate to God. We need wisdom to know how to relate and how to connect and how to go more deeply and intimately with God. And knowledge. This, this, this is, there's a couple different words for knowledge in, in the Greek. This is the word that says, it's the kind of knowledge that comes because I've, I know you and I've been with you and I've experienced you. It's, it's that kind of knowledge. It's not that I know everything about you. It's not doctrinal. It's not appealing to our doctrinal knowledge of God. It's, a, it's appealing to our ability to know God because we spent time with him. Now, I've spent time with a lot of folks in this fellowship. RB's one that I probably spent a little more time with because we play golf on Fridays when my back allows. And so I know, I know certain things about RB. I know some things about him that he probably doesn't know about him because I've been wanting to fix his swing for a long time, but he won't let me. No. But as, as, as you get this, the only way I know these things is because I've been with him. And what I know about him is good because I've been in his presence and I, I know that about him. Okay? What I know about God is because I've been with him. It's not just what I've read in the Bible. That's, that's, that's wonderful. I'm all for that. No, don't, don't mishear me. But I'm saying what I know of him experientially is that because I've spent time with him, we've talked about this. Like, why doesn't my wife? Oh, no, you, you guys never talked like that, have you? No. But as you're with God, that's the things that you know. And what you've known in that moment with God is yours. You know that about Why? Because he doesn't change. There's no variation. There's no shifting shadows with him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what I know about God when I came to him in this, I know that about him. Now, the problem is oftentimes the enemy gets us and we say, well, I had a wonderful God moment back in 1987. It was so great. It was so, and I know this about God. He's infinite. There's so much more to know about him. How are we going to get to know more about him? By spending time with him. Here's the crazy thing. We're so wired when we don't see life through his perspective. We think it's all about us and we are responsible for everything. And so we get so busy and so burdened and so fearful and so worried about so many things that we 
pretty much worry ourselves out of his presence. We worry ourselves because now I got to be busy to do this, 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 and now there's only this much time left. How do I spend that? It's like, oh. Now, when you hear a message like this, it's real easy to feel condemned. It's, it's easy to feel like I don't measure up, I don't spend enough time, what a dirty, rotten Christian I am, I wish I was more spiritual and I could spend more time with God. No, this is designed to encourage you. Whatever you're doing, see if you can add something to it. Just keep adding to it. Just keep adding to it. Pretty soon, as, as you hit the passionate love of the bridegroom and the bride, you're going to be thinking, oh, when can I find time to be alone with him? Oh, I, oh I'll call Rick and have him do this. <laughs> that way I'll have another hour that I can spend with him and, and, and go and be with him. It takes the grace of God to pursue God. And he wants to extend to us grace today so that we can pursue more and more of him. And if there's things that we have within our religious system that he wants to break us out of, because what we have may be true about him, but it's a restriction, it's, it's a limited truth, and he wants to expand it to a greater truth that, that God's not just for the Jews, he's for all humanity, all humanity. And uh, when we start to get the revelation of that, we'll, I think we'll move from, from classifying things as sacred and secular. I think we'll start moving beyond that. We'll, we'll stop saying, well, he's a Christian and he isn't a Christian. And we just realize, you know, he's created in God's image, masculine. She's created in God's image, feminine. And there is something very sacred about how God created everyone. Now let's, re, let's relate to them out of that understanding of the creator. Okay? Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to close with the song. Those visiting, we haven't done this. We're, we're trying a new way to close the service. Let me give you a little heads up. As they're singing this song, I invite you to be opening your heart, engaging the Lord, find out, Lord, bring to remembrance, is, is there something that you're repeating over and over and over that I'm, that I'm, not, that I'm not getting? See if there's, the, you know, if there's something that the Lord's saying through repetition that he wants to speak to you. And then I pray that today we would all just posture ourselves before the Lord to receive grace to know him, grace to spend time with him. And whatever kind of tricks that the evil one has used to get us to um, settle for life as it is, maybe we've got a nice little devotional pattern and we do this, 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 this. Let's, let's see if we can get grace to go beyond and to really connect with him. So, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you've done. I pray that as we're here, 
we would truly hear what you're saying to us today. Give us ears, give us eyes, give us a heart to know and to perceive and to receive all that you have for us today. I pray, Father, that uh, those that you have been moving upon and, and they're in pain, they're in a, a pain physically or emotionally or relationally, there's something going on, maybe even in their spirit. I pray, Father, that you would give us uh, just the grace to, to receive the healing that you have for us today. Yes. After this song, we'll have a time for prayer ministry. And if, if there's anything in your heart that you'd like to receive prayer for, feel free to come to the front. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.